have to watch the whole YouTube video. You just watch like the first couple of seconds. <laughs> Which is just the advertisements and instruction of like, so I will, hey, this so is so I actually, it's I, like It's like in our podcast. It's like the first couple seconds, you can't actually get a taste of what we're going to talk about in the first couple seconds because we don't even know what we're going to talk about <laughs> until we're like 10 minutes in. Welcome back to this week's episode. We are uh, we are kind of all back in the swing of things. Uh, I've been out for a couple of weeks, but if you did, you could check back in and hear the bonus episode where I interviewed my daughter at home. Uh, it was very interesting. I had to cut out a lot of that because she doesn't know how to podcast, obviously, because she's eight. But uh, at the same time, she laughed and giggled so much that it was hard for me to get a good feed of um, just stuff. But she's funny. And I encourage you to go back and listen to the mind of an eight-year-old. It's like 30 minutes long. So I'm surprised I got her to sit still that long. But uh, today it's me and Travis are back in. But we also grabbed Nathan and said, hey, come do a podcast with us. He's like, I'm actually caught up on a lot of things right now. So I could do it. So he's jumping in and hanging out with us. He's playing on his phone right now. So we are obviously not a priority to him. Um, according to Simon Sinek, if you read any of his stuff or watch his things, if there's nice. somebody on their phone in the room, they really don't care about what you have to say. They have no concern for you at all. Even though all three of us have our phones out on the table. Yeah, but see, mine's Thank like, you. but yours is kind of up to look at. Mine's like over here to the side. I don't really care. Yeah, let's be real though. Yours is the one that always blows up in the recordings. Very, very true. I know. Well, that's because people appreciate me and love me. You guys, I don't know. But... <laughs> That was lovely, Charles. <laughs> I loved and appreciated. So, yeah. So, anyway, we've, we've kind of come together in this room, and Travis and I, for the past couple of days, because I've just got back in the office yesterday, I've been trying to think about what in the world do we even want to do as a podcast. And up to this point, we have yet to find anything to super talk about. So, we're going to do our normal thing, and we're going to start with talking about coffee, because that's... About the only thing we seem to be smart on nowadays, I think. Y'all, name. Y'all, y'all, y'all. I mean, you like coffee. Mm, yeah. What do you not like about coffee? Mm, I I never said I didn't like coffee. You went. Mm, well, I'm in, yeah. I'm like in the middle. I'm like I like coffee. I don't love Me coffee. I don't hate coffee. I'm just like coffee. Cool. Like, I don't have to have a cup of it every hour or three or four times or five times out of the day. Well, I don't think that's love. I think that's more of like addictive personalities. Mm, let's say it's a bit of both. I would say I'm an addict. Okay. Cool. Technically, yes. Yeah. So that was one of the interesting things that I learned in my abnormal psych class was the like DSM version or like definition of addiction mm -hmm. is that if you go without it for any certain amount of time and have withdrawal symptoms, which can include getting a headache if you don't have caffeine uh -huh. or sugar, then you're technically addicted because your body's going through withdrawal symptoms. I wonder if you could make like a Jeff Foxworthy skit out of that, you know, like, because you know I Jeff mean, by that definition, literally every American just about. You know, unless you're like living on Whole30 or something. It's like, if what you if, go without sugar, I guarantee you're going to get a headache. What if we did like a whole like psychology Jeff Foxworthy skit where it's like, if you can't go five minutes without a coffee, you might be an addict, you know? 
Instead of like you might be a redneck. And the, did I date myself now? Like do no, know I the, know Jeff Foxworthy and I get okay. it. But, but it's also say, like are you trying to say we don't know what that phrase is. I'm like, well, yeah, it's like a common phrase everyone. That's just know. Well, you like guys are uh, babies, and I'm an old guy. I wouldn't say you're old. You're only ten years older than me. That's a long time. No, twenty <laughs> old thirty decade. years is old. That's a, that's a long time. Yeah. I grew up watching like it's Smurfs not that long time because I'm only Looney seven Tunes. years older than my brother, so that's only three extra years. I grew up years, watching so like go, anime. So. Me? Yeah. No. Oh, what did you grow up watching on Sunday Saturday mornings? Mm, whatever was on the free ABC channel because we were poor and we could was pay it cartoons for extra stuff. Did you watch cartoons? Some. Yeah. What what cartoons did you watch? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think. See, I'm an '80s baby, so I like I had. It all depends. I had Thundercats. No, I never watched that. I know I watched. I remember Power that Rangers. Do you guys remember the animated Mighty Ducks series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember. It. I didn't watch it that much, but I do remember. Some Henry's of it. really into Mighty Ducks animated yeah. series. That's awesome. <laughs> He's like, I want to watch Ducks. Like, I want that's to watch really, Ducks. It's terrible, like storylines <laughs> and everything, buddy. Let's at least. But he also is into like Blippy. Y'all ever seen Blippy? I got introduced to Blippy when my uh, nieces and nephews stayed with us like a month back. Oh, it's the worst. It is the worst. And so it's basically kind of like Blue's Clues style Um, kids TV show for Nathan and anyone who doesn't know. Not even close. Are you talking about the animated series or are you talking about the like dude that dresses up as the character? Dude that dressed up. Am I thinking of the wrong kids show? Yeah, I don't know which one. There's, so there's like four different variations. I of mean, it. this was just like a, oh, the parents in the room discourse. Like this. a relatively young guy who'd like wear costumes, but there was all like computer stuff behind him. Was it a yeah? No, was it original Blippy or was it? I fake don't Blippi? know. I think that's fake Blippy. They they searched <laughs> that's Blippi. fake. Blippi. They searched Blippy <laughs> on YouTube, and then I saw yeah. this annoying guy talking <laughs> about their stuff. Yeah, fake. there's fake Blippy, and then there's real Blippy. In fact, real Blippy got in trouble by a lot of parents because he was doing these musicals and tour. They have a Blippy musical. A musical? Yeah. So they were gracious. doing all these like tours like around the country stuff and it was fake Blippy, which we call fake Blippy. This guy was showing up because the original guy's like, I can't do all this stuff. Like there's no way I can do it. Have you ever like, you need to look up how much money that franchise makes. On oh, YouTube. I did. And that was the first thing I looked up was like, how much is this guy's net worth? And it was like 11 million or something. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like some of these kids shows on YouTube, I look them up. I'm like, how are they making millions of dollars? Like, some of it is terrible so, acting. Like, I could take like, that. Yeah, because you know how many kids are on YouTube? And it's all about advertising money. It I really mean, is. literally, we could buy a green screen, act real stupid, and become millionaires. So, one of the guys... <laughs> really did. And we quit. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what we do anyway, every day. Um, one of the guys that I watch on detail videos, he's got like... We were looking the other day, and we watch his... It's the detail geek. And we watch his stuff and Melina goes, I thought he only had like a couple hundred thousand people follow him. He's got millions of people that follow him on a regular basis. All he does is clean cars. That's it. And there's the, the videos aren't like they're, they're produced well, like he does a good job with them, but it's not like he's sitting there and they're all like movie production type stuff. I guess it's just the satisfaction of watching something go from gross to super clean and he's like Canadian so he's got an accent which is super fun but when he empties out the when he empties out the dirty bucket of like water from vacuuming the inside of the car he goes 
And this is the shot of the bucket. And it's like he's dumping out dirty water. And every single time he goes, gross. Like, just like that. <laughs> and that's the only thing that sticks out to me about it. But it's so... It's just... I don't know how people... So we need to create a YouTube channel of, like, you hire a crew to clean out a hoarder's house and then just, like, time-lapse the entire thing. Yeah. And you think people would, like, watch going from, like, super... I think they already have that, though, on TLC... I mean that's well, been we that's just, been around for a long time. Though. Yeah, we just hoarders make is the most interesting. Like people yeah. people watch hoarders because they want to feel better about themselves. They really do. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I'm not that bad. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's especially like on a weekend where you're like, we've got to get some stuff cleared out. But anyway, all right. So back to coffee. We know coffee. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know how to produce a TV show yes. at all. We're a podcast. We're a apparently. podcast, obviously. Podcast. But uh, so coffee. We're drinking a Guatemalan coffee today. I roasted it while I was uh, out and I had a bunch left. And so I'll pitch it to these two guys because I'm going to be a little bit partial. Are um, you roasted it? Yeah. That makes it, sense. Is it? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, it tastes Says good. It'd be better than light coffee. Say what? <laughs> Rude. Uh, Red. Just gracious. <laughs> Goodness. I'm not a huge creamer in my coffee pan. Nope. But I don't mind a good latte. Like if a latte is done well, I don't mind it. Just as long as it's non dairy, I'm okay. It's all about how you steam the milk. Yeah, which you, most people don't do it, you right? Can steam you, oat milk, I found out. Yeah, you can yep. steam oat milk. I don't Not know if you can get the same the, sweetness out of oat milk that you yes, can, you like can. a dairy. You can. Yeah, we made some pretty good oat milk lattes in Kansas yeah, City. Oat milk is like I think as alternatives to dairy goes, I think oat milk is spot on. Especially well, if you get the creamy and then the extra creamy and the extra extra creamy. <laughs> well, so you know with, so whenever we have babies, um, Melina jumps off the dairy yep. for a little bit of time. And so she was doing almond milk. Well, Davy was just dying on the almond milk. He was just not having great tummy issues. And so we switched over for her to oat milk. And she's been loving it. I'm like, Ooh. okay, cool. This is great. It's way serious. more expensive than like It is more expensive, milk, but, but it's so good though. Because like I said, <laughs> have they look- have the variance of the creaminess. The way I kind of like picture it is like if you're getting 2%, 1% or whole milk and everything. Like it literally lines up exactly like that. Have you looked into making it yourself? Uh, he makes it. It's not hard. We, we <sighs> did, but the only issue you come into running with that is like you have to, like even if you're not going to drink it that day, you have to go mix it up yourself because the oil and everything will separate from the oats and you'll just wake up and you'll go in there and you'll just see white and like this oil stuff. Because essentially all you're doing is just grinding up oats and saturating it, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You you basically take all the oats, we put them all in the blender, we will the we have to we use a ninja because blenders don't even ninja. work. So the ninja like emulsifies it like towards like powder, and then we put it inside of a nut bag, and then inside of the nut bag just pour filtered water, and then all the stuff comes through and whatnot. Huh. And so, yeah, you can make it way cheaper than buying it in the store. Well, look you there. You yeah. learn something new every day. You really can. Like with the whole thing that we bought of the oats. But do um, you sweeten it or do you not sweeten it? We do. Okay. So Amanda, she added um, uh, probably, I think, a little bit of vanilla. She added some cinnamon and then she added uh, some sugar into it just a little bit. And so. That's fancy pants. Yeah. But you basically are making like an oatmeal smoothie. And then once you have like the liquid and the oats and everything all together, then you just pour all of that in the nut bag and then let all the rest of it. You can use a nut bag or just. Any kind of way you can just to like keep a cheesecloth or something cheese like cloth, that. Yeah. You can just let it drain. We did cheesecloth, but the cheesecloth wouldn't like, I don't know. Just it didn't, it, it was kind of hard to keep everything in with the cheesecloth because it's. Maybe we should start a cooking show. 
It's a very missing. Oh my <laughs> Talking goodness. about that. Calvary cooking. Calvary, Calvary cooking with your staff. And <laughs> but uh but yeah, so we're we're kind of together today. We're we're just drinking coffee, hanging out. It's been kind of a wild couple of weeks. I've been out and so uh getting back in the office and just kind of trying to get caught up on a lot of different things and thankfully uh our church did a great job of kind of handling themselves while we were gone. So I didn't We tried not to bother you. Yeah, I didn't get bothered too much, but I did a lot of work still while I was at home. Um and it was it wasn't too bad it wasn't it wasn't bad at all but how's I'll, the shift been from three to four kids yeah that's been an interesting I one. Would say that is interesting so you know by the time birdie was finally getting to two we had had a good routine down um so with three kids we were kind of like okay so this is kind of how our day functions this is how it goes like this is what we're gonna do and then when we decided to have another kid i think we didn't factor that piece into there so now we get to this point where it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do today? How is the day going to function? How is it? Like I left the house this morning and Melina said, I'm, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And then we're going to have that. I'm like, uh, good luck. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of like this idea of, I really appreciate all that you want to try to accomplish. But the reality is, so like we've laid him, we laid him down this morning or I laid him down this morning before I came and he's been asleep this morning for like the past three hours oh nice um and i know you're gonna have people out there he's supposed to eat every two um yeah but i've been told whenever a sleeping baby's asleep you let a sleeping baby sleep so yeah just to really uh, let them. sleeping dogs lie now um i think that for us we try to do every two to three hours with him but um sometimes that dude will go like an hour or an hour and a half and then he's ready to kind of nibble some more but anyway um so it's been a weird adjustment like you know, being that we are weird and we do home birth as opposed to like hospital stuff, there's a lot of things that they do in the hospital that you kind of have to plan out on your own, like turning him from a Gentile to a Jew. Like that's one of the things I like, I have to plan and figure out. Um, so yeah, big shout out to Dr. Carl Davis here in town. Uh, he, he does that procedure in office where other pediatricians have to like secure a surgical room at the hospital and it costs way more money. He does it all in office and he's a super good dude. Um, he's been a great family doctor for us, but uh, yeah, so I have to be there during that procedure and that process. It is, let me say it this way. It does not look as excited, like as an adult, I wouldn't want to have to go through that. So I could not imagine the early Israelites getting a word from the Lord and him saying, this is what is going to be required of all males. And you're like 60 and and you're going, Lord, you got to explain that to me one more time. Uh, and that's what the, the interesting thing though, too, about the eight day rule, like, you know how, you know, uh, we'll just, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And if Apple flags us for it, it's what it is. Circumcision. So circumcision on the eighth day, the reasoning for that, and you don't realize this until the biology and the science and all that kind of kicks in. They just did it. Cause that's how God commanded them. You know, it's like God said on the eighth day, blah, blah, blah. You have the biggest peak of vitamin K in your system at eight days. So that's when your vitamin K is the highest. That's important because vitamin K is essential for blood clotting. If you do it earlier, 
like when they do it in the hospital, they give you a shot. They give your kid a shot of vitamin K at the hospital. A lot of times, whether you ask for it or not, they do have some people that are saying no to it, but uh, they give you a shot of vitamin K at the hospital because the plan at the hospital is immediately, almost shortly after they're born, they do the circumcision. Like you don't really get a lot of options on there. If they don't get the vitamin K in there within six hours of the birth, what happens is if they try to do the circumcision without the vitamin K, the kid can bleed to death. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Because there's no clotting. Yeah. So after eight days, the vitamin K is at its highest it's going to be in, in the body clots naturally. And that concludes today's TED Talk on circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> but that that so was the interesting part for us. Probably should have asked this before we started recording, but do you want to share any about Oh man, I'd love to. The process. Yeah, I'd love to. Like, oh gosh. So, yeah. So, <sighs> natural birth is an interesting piece, and and I think what I love about it is, it's probably going to be a little bit more biblical than what we do now in Western culture. When you think about it, because if you look back even at the Old Testament and you see the Hebrew midwives and uh, even the the times like within their captivity in Egypt that they were instructed to like kill every child under a certain age the midwives were and the midwives wouldn't do it you know Mm -hmm. so midwives have been something that have been around for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years and that whole culture has changed a lot over the years just because modern medicine has changed knowledge what we know about uh, the human body what we know about uh, birth and things like that all of that has changed but the practice is still there. So certain states have kind of outlawed home birth. Like it's it's interesting For to real? me. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to me how states can have a certain jurisdiction over individuals. But Texas really doesn't have any laws on that. Uh, in fact, in Texas, if you wanted to go out and have a baby in the middle of the woods, just you and your husband, you could do that. It's not technically illegal. Um, so when it comes to like the aspect of midwife, like if you were in another state, there are certain states that you can have a natural birth and you can have a home birth, but it can't be planned. So you can't plan to have a midwife at your home and do a birth. Now you just happen to go into labor and you're at home and a midwife just shows up by accident. Like say she's just driving down the street. She's like, Oh, I heard like there's a baby here. Like, and it's unplanned. Then, <laughs> you know, you can kind of give it. But a lot of it is you have to go to a birthing center and usually those have to be close within proximity to hospitals and things like that. So um, there's a lot of money in the medical system that is tied up in birth. A lot of money. We saw a video on TikTok where a lady got her hospital bill for her birth and she had a natural birth and it was $50,000. For that. Now insurance, sometimes if people have good insurance, it will chime in. Uh, and chip in, but we've even noticed that we, you know, we had a friend that came over after Davy was born and they work at a hospital with newborns. And they said, this is probably the biggest newborn I've held because he went almost 40 weeks, which is full term. Most hospitals, if they use their sonogram and that baby's measuring more than seven pounds, they'll be like, okay, we need to induce. Yeah. And so you could be 37 weeks. You still got three more weeks that that kiddo could bake and everything's okay. Anyway, that's a whole nother rant uh, process. But that's having four kids, all natural birth, and everything's been fantastic. You know, we've never had a problem. There are some people that have had problems, but in... I mean, just to play devil's advocate, in the 1800s, the, like, woman's mortality rate during childbirth was, like, 50%. So there was historically hundreds of thousands of women that died in childbirth. So there is 
some reason for. But that's also with the advancement of modern medicine. I think that we can see that that even midwives now have to be trained and they have to go through certain certifications. Like in the state of Texas, they have to be a certified midwife. They have to, they, they get regular audits and checkups. So it's kind of like no different than a counselor um, in, in that respect in that they have to go through trainings. They have to go through certifications. They have to go through certain stuff. And the state does have some oversight uh, in that. And if you practice in such a way that is not ethical, you can have your license revoked and, and all that. Plus our midwife, we loved her because she's had so many years doing this. It's not like she just found a course online. It's like, cool, I'm a midwife. Now you have to attend so many births and she's delivered over a thousand kids. Um, and her success rate has been incredible, but she carries oxygen. She carries, uh, certain things. And then if she feels like, okay, this isn't working, she can recommend being transported to a hospital. She can recommend all of these things. Um, and so, but the, the hospital industry though, they have, a lot of them have made it more about like, and I'm just going to say, we have a lot of friends that, that probably could have done natural birth. But when, as soon as they get into the hospital and they get through the labor process, by the time they, they put, and this is going to be more of a rant. So this is a personal <laughs> preference thing. Don't, don't take this as the stance of Calvary Baptist church or the stance of the other two guys who are here. But um, for personal preference, they inject, the mom with so many different things to kind of numb and bring comfort and ease that sometimes it doesn't allow your body to know how to respond and what to do when to do it. And so there are certain aspects I think that you just have to look at and go, wow, what could we do differently? I think to um, make that process a little bit better and more cost effective for families. I think when families get that bill in and it says 30,000, dollars $50,000, that's such a huge shocker where when we went to our midwife, we paid $3,500 and that's it. Like that's everything. And I don't have to, I don't, I don't owe anything on my kids, you know? And I, I, I kind of pride myself telling people that, but say $4,000, four kids, that's $16,000. That's half or it's like a third of what a hospital bill would have been for one kid. And so I think that there are some things that a hospital system could do to make child rearing and, and birth a little bit easier on parents I understand emergency situations. You have to do things different and you always have to plan for that as best you can. But anyway, okay. So you asked about my process, not about the whole process. Yeah. When I asked that, I meant more, um, you know, the my, fact that you delivered the baby, yeah. not, uh, <laughs> not the whole home spoiler birth. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. said, Ted talk with Charles. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not an expert. So don't, I mean, most of what I read is probably biased anyway, because it all comes from like natural birth parents and dads and things like that. So, um, I'm going to have a bias. That's just me. And if you don't like that, I have a bias, I'm sorry. But, um, so yeah, so we, we kind of had some irregular stuff going on the week of, and then Friday, the day before Melina was feeling a lot of little pains here and there. And I was like, well, what do you think? And she's actually in our driveway that evening yeah, we were in your driveway we delivering were chairs about, yeah and she was sitting there was like i've had some contractions but nothing yeah, she, like, like amanda and i both asked melina whenever y'all were in our driveway and we said like so what do you think like it's gonna be like the others and it's gonna be another two weeks or so you're gonna go way past and she's like yeah it's not ready it's like we still got He's plenty not ready. of time and then like we get that text message the very next morning uh baby's here we're like 
What? <laughs> like, that's that totally opposite of that conversation we had. It, it was very interesting because I thought about that too. I was like, golly, we were just at Amanda and Nathan's yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Would y'all have that massive dog, by the way? Oh, Milo. I've really, Milo. I've been trying to get Melina to let me get a massive dog. She won't <laughs> let me do it. Um, I just want to see my kids ride around the house like a horse. I've put a little saddle on it. And oh, right. my anyway. gosh. Um, so, yeah. So, Friday, we had some stuff, but nothing was really crazy. I mean, Thursday, I was at work. I, and I don't even know if I popped in here Friday or not. I may have for a minute. Um, I don't remember seeing you. Yeah, I don't remember. But so, and even like our families were calling. They were like, hey, you know, what's the deal? What's going on? I was like, nothing. Like stuff's just irregular. But we had that with all the kids. Like I think with Birdie, she had, she had contractions for like a week with Birdie and nothing. And yeah. then after her water broke, boom. With Henry, she had some contractions. Nothing happened. Then her water broke. And then like, 16 hours later, he was born. So it's like, golly, like it's so fluid. Like things can just move and change and do. Anyway, so, you know, that Friday, we got the kids going. We got everything to bed. We had checked in with all of our people and everything was good. In fact, our doula that we hired, she's part of our homeschool group. And she said, hey, do you still want me to go to, they did a Zeus News where you can go stay the night in the Waco Zoo. And so they did that with the homeschool group. So she went down there with her kids to do Zeus news, but drove separate just in case. And um, like our midwife called that day and said, hey, listen, I've been asked to assist a birth um, this afternoon. Do I need to do that or do I need to wait? And we're like, no, it's fine. It's probably not going to be until Monday, like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so anyway. I think his due date was actually that Monday, right? No, his due date was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. His due date was Friday. Anywhere between that previous Monday and Friday. And, um, so anyway, so we had done that and then Saturday morning, well, it was Saturday night we had gone to bed. It was about midnight. She's like, God, it just feels uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable. I'm like, okay, well maybe it's just the bed. Cause we had just got, I think that Monday we had just got a new King mattress or new to like, just cause Melina wanted a King bed. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, and I found a great deal. And so we got a new King mattress and it was, I mean, it's firm and I'm not used to that. So I was like, which I, I love it. It's been fantastic. Anyway, so I thought, well, maybe it's just the bed, you know, maybe you need to sit up different or we need to, you can lay different. Two o'clock, I'm, I'm woken up just by her moving around the room. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, ah, it just hurts. I'm not comfortable. I can't just having some little irregular contractions, but they're like 30 seconds. They're not really anything crazy. And our midwife tells us, she gives us a sheet of when to call her and everything. It's contractions that last for a minute, five minutes apart, and it has to be for like an hour, then call her. That's kind of her general guideline. It's like 30 seconds maybe, and they were five minutes apart. And I was like, okay, well, it's nothing really regular. Three o'clock, Melina's still hurting still having some contractions and she has this little timer on her phone. So I would look over and the phone would glow cause she'd hit it. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> so I'm sitting up with her. I'm like, what do we need to do? She goes, I don't know yet. It's like, do we need to call? She's like, no, 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 no. It's probably going to be like, at least the sun will be up probably before we even have anything. So let's just wait, let people sleep. I'm like, okay. Mind you, our families are all asleep. Yeah, everybody's, everybody we know is asleep. Oh, do y'all already have family in and stuff? No, 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 no. Okay. Like we, we hadn't called them cause nothing, nothing yeah. was going on. It's like all the kids are asleep. Like yeah, the kids are sleeping in their room. Olivia, Olivia's Henry. asleep in her room. Um, so Saturday morning at like three thirty, she's up and she's in pain. And I'm like, "What is going on?" She goes, "Charles, I think we need a call." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, are you serious?" She's like, "Yeah." 
So I get on the phone and I call her midwife. She goes, okay, I'm on my way. Well, she lives in Lindale. And wow. so that's two hour drive. And yeah. so she's like, I'm getting my stuff together and I'll head down. Granted, our midwife had just done a delivery the day that, that afternoon before. Oh gosh. And she was supposed to be the assistant. Well, the primary wasn't there yet. And by the time she pulled up, she had found that the mom was already pushing and the dad had like broke both of his arms. So his arms were in like a cast. <gasps> and so oh anyway, she said that it was a water birth too. And it was the first time birth for the mom. She said four minutes from me stepping into the door, just checking on the mom, I delivered a baby. So that's wow. how close that was. And the primary wasn't even there. Like she was the assistant on it. So it was just like, golly. So she already had a wild afternoon and then we call her. And so she's getting in her car and getting ready. And then our friend here at church, we called her because she was going to take the two littles and spend the day with them. And so she came over at four o'clock in the morning and just stayed at the house in case the other two woke up. Olivia, she wanted to at least kind of be around to check on her mom during the whole laboring process. So we woke up Olivia and she was so excited. So she would stay with Melina in the bedroom and just kind of help her while I was getting some stuff ready and prepared and things like that. And anyway, I was blowing up a yoga ball because we <laughs> thought that might help her kind of relieve some pressure. And I hear them holler from upstairs. They're like, Charles, she's really needing you. It's, it's getting really painful. I was like, okay, cool. So I ditched the yoga ball and I head upstairs and our friend and Olivia come downstairs. Mind you, the other two are still asleep. Like they're still asleep, like down the hall. And, uh, so, yeah, about 4.45, it's just really getting intense. And things are getting closer. I'm calling the midwife. I'm like, where are you at? She's like, I'm 45 minutes out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, well, uh, we're going to try to hold off as long as we can. She's like, it'll be fine. Just, you know, if you have to, you can deliver. Like, she's like nonchalantly <laughs> she's telling you saying this stuff. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, that's not, mm -mm, that's not an option here. Like, you're going to have to, be, I paid you. Like, you need to be here. Uh, and we've already called our doula by this point, but she's driving in from Waco. So she's trying to get there. And yeah. um, so it's just me and Melina in our bedroom. And she starts, like, I can tell when she's starting to push from the other babies. I'm like, oh, no. So she starts making some of these noises. I'm like, babe, you, you're, we're going to have to hold it. She's like, I can't. At one point, she's standing by the bed and she's laboring. And she goes, is he crowning? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I can't like, I can't tell. And, and so she gets up on the bed. I put down all of our, we call, we call them puppy pads, <laughs> <laughs> put down all of our puppy pads and she's on the bed. And, yeah. um, yeah. So she, she had a good push and I was like, we're not going to make it. And we were like five ten maybe. And so I called the midwife, get her on speakerphone. I said, I'm going to need your help. I said, I don't think this is, I don't think you're going to make it in time. I said, where are you? She's like, I'm still 15 minutes out or something. And I was like, I, 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 and so then Melina has one more big push. She's like, do you see the head? And I was like, yeah. She goes, just support the head. And so I just support. She's guiding you while she's, yeah, she's on oh speakerphone. She's guiding me to just support the it's head. Intense. And so I've got his head up and then Melina does one more big push and the rest of his body just comes out. Wow. And she says, okay wipe his face, make sure he's crying. He was crying. I said, she oh. said, okay, wipe his face, get him all cleaned up a little bit, lay him on mama, and then just go grab the little suction bulb and start suctioning his nose. And if there's any fluid in his throat, just try to start clear some of that out and I'll be there in 15 minutes. Oh my gosh, you're making me cry. That's crazy. Uh. That's what she said. And so, um, and so what's funny is like our friend and Olivia are downstairs and they hear the crying. And so when the midwife 
um, when the when the midwife gets in, um, I think I hear a friend yell from downstairs, "Midwife's here!" And so they let her in. She, I, I, he's fine at that point. Yeah, Melina's fine at that point. Like they're just kind of sitting there on the bed resting, and yeah. all the adrenaline's kicked in. So everybody's like happy <laughs> and good, you know. Yeah. And I go over to the midwife, and I was like. <sighs> <laughs> She's like, you did fine. Yeah. She goes, 5.15. I was on the, I was looking at the clock when you did it. And our friend downstairs said, 5.15. I was looking at my phone when you, when, That's when I cool. heard the first cry. Yeah. So, you literally got me all teary. I hate you. Yeah. So <sighs> he was born at, he was born at 5.15 and uh, yeah, so it was nuts. Anyway, it's just, I don't know. To me, the whole process of having a baby was this round way more intense. Um, but obvious for obvious reasons. So and this is how David became the number one favorite. I'm just kidding. I don't know if he became like my number one favorite. Um, it kind of fluctuates. As a parent, we never we every parent says this. Oh, I don't have any favorites. I don't have any favorites. I'm gonna kill. I'm, that's a lie, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because it fluctuates. Like there are moments where you have these kids that are just fantastic. You're like. <gasps> I love this kid more than this one because this one has helped me take care of this. This one, all they did was poop in the floor and smear it. You know, I mean, it's obviously in your brain, you're going to prize one kid over the other on that one, right? Obviously. I mean, we would do it for adults' sake, right? Like when it comes, we don't look at all adults and go, oh, I don't have a favorite adult. Then don't say best friends. Like don't, (laughs) don't ever do that. I don't. You don't have a best friend. No. My life is very sad, Charles. So your wife is not like your best friend. That's different. She's my life partner, my ride or die, everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've ever heard anyone call their wife that that is a sensible human being their ride or die. (laughs) (laughs) Because what if it's like a low rider with hydraulics? Is that your ride or die? I mean, life partner, in my opinion, just supersedes best friend. So that's why I don't, I don't don't consider best friend. Life partner sounds real liberal. No, that's called life person. (laughs) That's how they do that in today's language. Life pronoun. Labels are weird. Labels are weird. Yes. So, So, no, my wife is more than my best friend. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. My wife, super strong. Um, Man, that whole process was just incredible. And, uh, yeah. So, and now I'm back in the office trying to do what I can to make things happen. For the record, Melina, just uh, so you know, Charles did make me cry with your story. So, <laughs> she um she I don't think she even listens to the podcast. Oh. I think she's like Travis. She takes Travis's stance. I know that you do it, but I don't want to know what's in it. So <laughs> she's oh, a Trish. I mean, I know what's in it because I'm here. I just don't want to listen to the conversation a second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. Too cheap. But um so yeah. So that was kind of my whole like birthing part of it and I'm sure Melina could give you a different like storyline her context is a little bit different but she'll probably be like Charles's eyes were out of his sockets I mean no she (laughs) she was pretty proud I mean she's like can you believe you just did that I'm like no let's not talk about it anymore (laughs) I don't want to talk about it in fact our friend was downstairs when we had when everything was done and I went downstairs and she looked at me and she goes are you okay and I was like no no I'm not like I I just like I just, let, just like leaned over the back of our couch, just breathing, and I was like, "Oh gosh!" But like my thing is like, it's probably honestly like terrifying, but isn't it also probably like probably one of the best feelings that not probably most all males slash dads in the USA they don't always have that opportunity that you did to actually 
literally help deliver your son. I mean, yeah, I I don't understand the process where, and, and this may just be cultural, and I'm sure that in other cultures you see this too, like where the male is just not present during the time of, of birth. Um, you always see like on the TV shows, like especially in America, they always portray it where like the dad's in the waiting room just waiting with yeah, the just family, waiting, just yeah. nervously pacing. And Most hospitals, I think at least pre-COVID, I don't know about with COVID, but pre-COVID, they would let the dad in there mm-hmm. and, and be an active part. The only time that the dad wasn't allowed in there was, you know, if he wasn't the dad or if, you know, he was being more of a disruption than he was a help. Um, but I think the, I, and I can't speak for other cultures because I don't think I've ever looked into like, you know, how do Aborigines have babies? You know, it's, I'm, <laughs> is that your daily Google search, Charles? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> See my Google search history and it's how do Aborigines have babies? But I mean, I, in other cultures, it's just different. I mean, but I think for, for me getting to experience that I've been at, I've been an active part of every single one of my kids' births. Like I have 100% been in the room. I have caught each one of my kids. And in fact, I didn't even know that was an option. When we had Olivia and my midwife looked at me and she goes, do you want to catch? I'm like, well, in, in my mind, I'm sitting there going, well, how's this baby going to come out? Like, is it just like one big push? And you just got to make sure that you're like, I'm nervous. No one explained this to me. Like I didn't go to a class talking about catching a baby, you know, no one explains it in there. I'm like, do I just like hold this towel and then like they just shoot out and you just gotta make yeah. sure you stop it? Like, you're, how does this work? You're making me think of that scene in the office when <laughs> Dwight's trying to help Michael like prepare for having Jan's baby. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think hey, so. like, puts butter all over a watermelon and he like oh, tries to catch it yeah. and the watermelon falls and he's like what is that he's like you know it's gonna be slippery oh my gosh <laughs> it's been forever i've seen that episode i should have had a buttered up watermelon <laughs> just to practice just for practice that would be a really fun like church men's group game where we could be like buttered up watermelon no. toss Gonna be like a new uh, baby shower game for dads. <laughs> All right, you gotta catch it. You gotta catch it. But it, you don't do this now. You can't do it in the hospital. <laughs> but it, I think that part was kind of the first time was really worrisome because I was like, "What does it mean to catch?" It literally just means that you're just the midwife trying to support the head, and you just get the rest of the body when the body comes out. So. But uh, but you did all of that by yourself. I had to do it all and. There's a lot more details I could probably go into that freak me out more than I think you the, probably should be, but I'm not going to for the <laughs> sake of my wife because I don't think she wants me to do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's it's unique. Like you have a special bond, I think, with your family. Oh yeah. When you do that, and you know, I think you still have to develop attachment, though. I think attachment is one of those things that you still have to develop. I don't think it's just like oh, because I did it this way, I'm more attached to my kids. Yeah. I think attachment has to happen because postpartum is hard on moms just it's more hard on moms than it is dads but dads go through periods of postpartum too that um because there's such a massive adjustment a massive adjustment and um but it's been really this round has been really fun it's been really unique and i think just knowing too that for us we feel like this is probably the bookend for us like we got olivia and now davy i feel like that's our bookends um so I think for us, it's more sentimental and special because we feel like now that we have permission to kind of be adults, you know, in our life and and spend more focused time on child raising instead of like the whole, 
other experience. Um, cause you don't think about it, but when your wife is pregnant, nine months of the year is 100% just focused on making sure that baby's okay, making mm-hmm. sure the house is ready. I mean, and so now not having to worry about that anymore, that's an, that's a hard thing to be at, but it's also a good thing. So I don't know. I mean, I could probably like reverse questions around and be like, when are you guys going to have more kids? But I always hate that question as a, as a young dad, I hated that question. It was like, won't you shut up? So anyways, so don't, if you're listening to this podcast, don't go to Nathan or Travis and go, so when are you guys going to have more kids? Leave them alone. Okay. Leave them alone. <laughs> Let their family do their family and leave them alone. So amen. Yeah. So what are y'all's thoughts on my birth experience besides crying? Well, I cried because it's just, I don't know, like it's a weird thing. I would never want to do it because it just freaks me out that much. And yeah. also not trying to get too personal here, but like my wife's health history, we would not be able to do that. We would have to definitely go into oh, the yeah. hospital. So like yeah, I know with her, sure. we couldn't do it. But, um, but for sure, like just, getting to hear that I don't know it's a, for me it really was emotional because I think it's just it's I don't know it just adds a whole different level of intimacy not just between you and your wife but even with your kids and stuff like that and it's just I don't know I, I think it's very beautiful in my opinion and it's just it's really interesting and it well, there's no other words to, there's really no words to describe it really in my opinion well you can describe it obviously in words but for me personally like I just I couldn't describe it I think it's just a really beautiful thing the fact that you just like this child that was formed in the womb by the Lord, like you played a massive role in getting to actually introducing him. Yeah. To the world. And it's just, I don't know. It's for me, it's just kind of sweet. That's why I got emotional about it. And so it just seems pretty, pretty nice. So what Nathan is saying is he loves kids. Oh, I do. I love kids. (laughs) People think I, well, like it it doesn't shame. People think I don't, don't, I don't like kids. And I'm just like, no, I love kids. I really do. I always think it's an interesting piece. Like if you don't have kids, people think you like, like if you're married and you don't have kids, people think you don't like, yeah, they think you don't like kids. I'm like, that's that's not not true. true. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes there's just other circumstances in there, especially like if, if people only have like one child, like with, with you guys, you and Felicia, sometimes people think too, well, if you only have one child, you must, uh, you must only like want one. You don't want a big family. Well, yeah. that that may not be it. It may be that sometimes the birth experience is so, it, it takes more t- time to process yeah. and to work through. Because our first birth experience was not, not what we were imagining it would be. Yeah. And then I think the, you know, the first six months after that of trying to keep this kid alive yeah. was not. Well, look at Henry, bless his heart, whenever he was yeah. little. It was, so, it was rough. Yeah. I remember. Like our first two time. kids, Olivia cried for the first six months. Like yeah. there was one day I came home from the office and she had cried for 10 hours straight. Wow. Um, we didn't realize what, that there was something wrong at the time. You know, and then after six months, she settled down and things were good. But that experience alone was so traumatic for my wife and I. It took us four years before we ever considered having another kid. Yeah. So... I mean, that's just got to be, that's got to be factored in, I think, too. I think there's that old mentality where people have that, oh, well, you have to have a big family. Like, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I, I think do what, do what you're comfortable with. I don't know with. if I can say this, but I'm, I'll just go ahead and say it. You can edit it if it's not there. But like, I think specifically with Christian families, I think it's kind of like a staple. Like you have to have a minimum of like two or three kids oh, in yeah. order to feel like validated. At least that's how it feels like from well, my, the typical from me looking outside of the, yeah, the window. typical American kind of family. I think that people see as an American family is mom, dad, two kids, like and it's a son and a daughter. You got to have one. 
And then you got to have like a golden retriever that's in the mix too, you know. Behind your picket way fence. Yeah. And then she's got her suburban and he's got his truck and your house is all white with blue shutters. You know, it's so we have, I mean, every one of us has a typical American kind of picture. I mean, even then, if, if, if I go to someone, I'm like, oh, we're a home, like if four kids and we're popping out in a minivan and all this stuff. And I go, oh, we're a homeschool family. People are going to go, mm, makes sense. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's, and I, I'm, I'm, I do it too. So it's not like it's just like I do it as well. So I mean, when stereotypes I see, exist for a reason. Yeah. If like I we have to categorizing. If I see a fit because we, where were we? We were at a store. Melina and I were at a store and um, in Tyler. It was at Mardell's. We were at Mardell's and Tyler. And of course, I saw this family, a mom and dad, and all these kind of kids following them. And I was like, I guarantee you they're a homeschool family. <laughs> guarantee it. I you said, go ask. No, I didn't. Well, but obviously, because all y'all are shopping at Mardell's. They all get, yeah, they all get in the big <laughs> Nissan van that they have, and they're just driving around town. And I'm like, hey, those Nissan passenger vans they so have, sweet. they are amazing. So they're like awesome. giant. They're like a fortress because they're like you know big, they're like one ton too. Rectangle. So you can, yeah. you can tow a trailer you can with haul that thing. Stuff with it. It's like, like a, it's like a one ton truck. There, like if there's any van <laughs> as I a would, van, if I ever mm. had to have a van and I had to put the money towards getting a van, it would be a Nissan passenger oh, van. Those things are solid. 100%. And there's chairs on the inside. I know I'm a geek. I look up cars, features, and stuff on YouTube. That's why. Yeah. But like their chair setup and everything they have inside is super Storage comfy. Storage is incredible. It completely, they outshine Ford, Dodge, and even with the transits. Oh, I've told Melina, Nissan I said, if I could amazing. afford one, if I could afford one right now, I would do it. Yeah. Those what did they start at? Oh, gosh. Uh, used is somewhere around 40000 <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. They're hard yeah. to find. They are, but they're. I'm being serious. They're like massive. They remind me of an armored, uh, armored truck that you see go to the bank. Wait, like do all. they still make these? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they start at new? Like fifty? Uh, I don't know. He'll look it up for you. But yeah, I'm gonna Google this. What about you? What's your What's your thoughts on birth experience? Um, on yours? Yeah. Um, I mean, like Nathan, I think there's something unique and special to it. Um you did experience something that almost nobody gets to like even if they're in the room like they're not the ones doing all of it um yeah it's it's cool i also you know have a slightly different perspective um in that like i don't do blood yeah like i'm one of those people that like even if you like skin your knee i might pass out (laughs) so there's also a part of me that's like i you know, it's cool and I'm glad you did it. And there's a part that's beautiful. Yeah. And then, but I did not cry like Nathan. So um, part of me is like, yep, I would have passed out if that had been me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's amazing because I'm an emotional person. It's okay. Let me know. Well, it, it's amazing to me because I think that even on those instances, like, yeah, there's a lot of things in there that you go, how does this come out of a person? Um, but when your adrenaline's running, like that, that's the last, like, I know that that's coming. Yeah. It's the last thing on my mind. And it, and honestly, my worry, my biggest worry in that whole process, and I, I tell everyone, I wasn't worried about the health of the baby. I wasn't worried about any of that. I was more worried in the fact that I couldn't monitor the things on my wife that my midwife does. And I was like, well, what happens if her blood pressure spikes? What happens if... Um, so it was more of that concern of, I can't lose my spouse. 
Like, so they don't really have any new. Sorry, it was random, but like <laughs> they don't have any like the new ones online. The show starting out MSRP is thirty six thousand, but whenever you look at all the used ones like on different websites, they're like fifty thousand, forty five thousand. Let me see what you're talking about. I don't even know. Thirty four thousand. Here you can look and scroll through. Oh them yeah, and those. And they're, they're just sweet. Like, they're so so sweet. Like I just I love. They go them. twelve passengers. I love. Well, like them. Amanda and I have like just like geeked out and just like a what if like this is random. Don't anyone think we're quitting and leaving the church goodness gracious but this is just like we just we just mess around and we just play and like what if we just got like a huge passenger van like just gutted it out and made it like into like a traveling home and just like boom just go oh, cross dude. country across There's the so US. many videos there are so many videos and they're pretty cool they're people innovative. getting those like dodge sprinter vans and they'll they'll gut them and do that they'll get yeah. those big big high top ford expedition really vans yeah. those like the, I think it's Mercedes that makes them. It's like a oh, $200,000 yes. van. But oh, like, yeah. Yes. We saw one at Bucky's one time, but we just see this large family of like 12 just walk out of it. It's like, goodness gracious. We, you know, we talked about that, I think, at one point <laughs> when we were young. And here at Calvary, um, we had been renting for three years, I think, and no kids. So we're like, what would it be like if we just got like a fifth wheel and parked it up in an RV park where our only expenses were like buy a decent use fifth wheel and then just 250 a month or what 200 a month or whatever to have hook up and then we use the rest of the resources that we have to just completely get out of debt yeah um, and there's then actually a lot of families a that are doing that like I've seen them on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and they're like families believe it or not families of like four, five, and I've even seen families yeah. of six. Yeah. There's one family that I follow on Instagram. They've actually purchased a double decker bus and they have it to where the bottom area is, oh, is just it that, their, Is it that like sweet double decker bus where like the front has like know. four seats on the front? I think so. And then so, that's maybe. his office is in part of the front <laughs> no, no, too. No, that's a different oh. one. But it's pretty cool. Like, there was one like, I was like, you had to spend a million dollars like on that bus. Whole There's no level, way. Believe it or not, is actually their sleeping quarters and then everything on top has like their living area, a uh-huh. play area. It's intense. And it's crazy, but I saw where one family he works remotely, and uh, <laughs> which is a whole other like conversation point. Like, how do you make so much money working remotely? But they have like an old school bus, old school bus that they've converted over. And I saw one that was so so cool. Like it had had wood paneling all the way around yeah. it. Like they have tongue and groove all the way around it. And then for their heat source, because they would travel a lot in the winter. It was just an old wood stove. And they just pile it full of wood. And that's how they would heat up their bus. I'm like, that's got to get hot. In the bus? Yeah, it's got to get wood hot. Wood burning in a bus. A wood burning stove in a bus, yeah. That, that is, sounds a little sketch. That is kind of scary. Oh, man. Wood burning stoves are the, the thing. Fire like, what's the difference hazard. between that and, like, having a fireplace in a log cabin? Well, first of all, it's you not mobile. You don't have a gas it's tank so underneath you. driving. And if well, it's contained. Like, it's fire. a fire that's contained. Like, how is it? You slam on the brakes and the fire falls out. Yeah. What if you, <laughs> well, like, lose some coals I don't coals think that embers. they do the wood stove while they're, while they're driving. <laughs> well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the stove. Let's get well, down the road. Well, what if it's freezing curious. while you're driving? Well, the exactly. bus still has a heater built into the motor. I okay, mean, school okay. buses have heaters. So, what you're saying is they use it whenever they're stationary? Just when they're parked. Well, yeah. Okay. So, they don't have to run their engine. Okay. Well, I Y'all think about them like, why are they? Why would they want that? Why hey, we've driving? never lived in a schoolie. We don't know. We should in a what schoolie? That's what they call them. It's we'll, like a school bus that you turn into. Yeah. A, oh, I never heard of that. Encourage anyone yeah. in Calvary Baptist Church if you want to help your ministerial staff out, we can start a schoolie ministry. Help us <laughs> <laughs> get old school oh, buses mercy. and convert them into homes, and we'll just tour around Nacogdoches ministering to people out of school buses. So that <laughs> sounds sketch, does it? No. But anyway. Any other things that you guys want to chime in on before we close it out for the day? 
It's been all about me, and that's kind of weird, but it's It has fun. been. Like I said, this is TED Talk with Charles, <laughs> special guest, Travis, and Nathan. That's what it has Moderators. been. Moderators. No. I mean, you've been gone. I think people want to hear about... They do. They want to hear from you. The new yeah. baby and... Yeah. I I kind of was going to... Th- I thought about just saying, hey, if anybody wants to have questions, like, come talk to me. But then I'm like, how many times do I want to repeat the story? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can now you really, just say, you go, listen to, go listen to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, there's a point where it's just going to be... <laughs> yeah, I delivered my baby. And that's going to be like the whole story of the birth. Like I delivered the baby. And it has nothing and it's sad cuz it'll have nothing to do with Melina. <laughs> like Melina was praising me afterwards. She's like, "I can't believe you just did that." I was like, "You literally pushed a tiny human out of your body." I did yeah, nothing. But you have to think about it. From I literally her, did nothing. From a wife's perspective, of course, obviously I'm not a woman or a wife, <laughs> duh. But I'm just like from her perspective, what is just stop and not do this. You'll get the episode blocked just by asking that question. Um, and so, but it's the whole thing. Like from her, she's just like, you have to think about it from her side. It's like my husband's just been there. Yes, like helping, like you said, catch and everything and whatnot, and and um, and that whole aspect. But the fact that in that moment she had no one but you to help her do that, mm-hmm. and you help her accomplish that major feat. Like she's yeah. just like, like wow. <laughs> I mean, I watched a video. One there was one video I watched, and it just came across my TikTok feed or whatever. Um, and it was, this lady was at the hospital and all these people are trying to figure out like, let's get her a wheelchair and let's get this. We got all these nurses like standing around trying to help her do stuff. And she literally just like pulls her pants a little bit. And then this baby kind of comes out and she goes, I, I delivered the baby just now. Like y'all, y'all are sitting there trying to figure out what to do. And I just pushed this baby out. Well, it's kind of funny how the way you were talking about earlier about how like, like everyone's so funny. All the people are like, uh, what like, do we do? Well, you like, pick the baby. Up everyone was the on their way to come like to get to y'all as fast as they could to help deliver the baby. Mm-hmm. You remember that video of like, there was like, I think this couple and they were going to a birthing center. It's where midwives and everything like that. Yeah. And like, she literally had the baby while walking in. Oh, you remember that video? I don't remember that one. Yeah. Like she, while she was walking in and like the uh, midwife was literally there catching the baby. So it wouldn't hit the asphalt while they were walking in. Oh my gosh. It was, well, that, it was it's insane. Yeah. That that's like, there's another video where this lady was like, the baby's coming out. Like they're in the car trying to get to the hospital. And the husband's like, what? And it's like, the baby's coming right now. Like he's coming out. So she puts, she's like, ah, she's screaming. This baby comes out and she's like, what do I do? How is it? He's like, okay, just like the dad's like super calm in the car. Like he's, stuck in traffic type stuff. He's like, okay, just hold him close. Make sure he's breathing. He's like, is he breathing? He's breathing. You hear the baby crying. He's like, everything's good. Like the dad's super calm. I'm like, dude, I would have been, I would have peed down my leg. Like that's how bad <laughs> my anxiety would have been on that one. Oh, it, at home, it's one thing, but if I'm in the middle of, <laughs> if I'm in a car and <laughs> trying to get some, anyway. So there's a lot of special people out there. I don't, I, I mean, I, I think our experience was special, but I think there's some people that have, I know some people have gone through even more traumatic stuff and even even crazier yeah. stuff. And golly, every, to me, every birth experience is special, and everything is is so encouraging because you get to have this opportunity to raise a human. Uh, you get to help uh, bring a human into the world, and even those, I, I huge shout out to even parents that can do like the fostering and adopting of even newborns because um, you're helping that newborn build a bond with someone. And golly, it's so good. Um, so. All that to say, um, child rearing is fun. It's also stressful. And yeah, so kudos to all the dads out there. Kudos to all the soon-to-be dads um, and all the adoptive dads that are always just taking care of kiddos, even if they're not their own. So uh, any other final thoughts that you guys have? 
they're all shaking their head at me. No silence. Silence. <laughs> so, well, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening this week. And hopefully it's been an exciting one. Uh, if it's not been an exciting one, don't subscribe, don't like. And uh, But if it has been good, <laughs> oh like, subscribe. Let us know that you're you're loving it. And we'll try to be a little more spiritual maybe next week. We, we brought the Bible out a little bit in this one, talking about the Israelites and midwives and stuff like that. I but, think this podcast is very spiritual. Oh, thanks. It's, it's spiritual. New age. So... It's talking about life. Spiritual, not religious. God created life. <laughs> God created life. End of story. So there we go. So, yeah. Other than that, guys, we hope that you're having a blessed week, and we will try to check in with you next week. Bye.